We are in our final three weeks, our crescendo of, of what has been just a wonderful series called I Need Us. And we're rediscovering church the way Jesus created it to be, dreamed it should be, equips us for it to be. And uh, I'm so, so glad you guys are here to do this. So uh, a couple of scenarios I'd like you to put yourself in and, and picture, okay? The first is you got a wonderful gift for um, you that you want to give to somebody you love. It might be uh, a spouse, a, a, a best friend, a significant other, a, a, a child. But you got this, and it's for Christmas, and you got to put it together uh, the night before, right? And the box says, it's a wonderful gift. The box says some assembly required. But the box lies, right? Because what you need is a master's degree in mechanical engineering, a 250-piece metric tool set with a welding torch. But you're up for it. You're up for it, right? You're going to do this. And, and as the wee hours of the morning approach, you're like 90% done. When you discover there are parts missing, there are parts missing, like that were not in the packing list, and it looks good, but without these parts, it will not work. It's simply, so, which almost makes it worse because you're going to give this beautiful gift and it looks good and they can picture how great it's going to be if only it would work, but it won't. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Okay, next one. Put yourself here. You have a child and this child is uniquely gifted in this one specific area. You have recognized this since they were uh, a, a small child, right? Um, but they neither realize it, understand it, or appreciate it, value it, right? They, uh, they don't uh, see it, and if they do, they don't value it, and, and they are wasting their athletic or academic or, or uh, creative potential and they are down in your basement instead playing video games, not to knock video games, right? But they're 32. They're 32. How do you, how do you feel about that? You are, third one, um, you're an active uh, lifestyle person, right? You're very active and you're healthy. Um, every winter, it's skiing and snowboarding. Every summer, it's mountain biking and softball. And that's you. And everything's going well, except now you're starting to have some eye problems. You have some double vision. You have some facial pain now. Um, it's getting just a little bit weird, right? And, and then you're having some fatigue and tiredness, and you can blow most of this off. You can ignore it like we tend to do in middle age. But now um, you're having like ataxia, which is like uh, normal coordination problems, you're having trouble forcing your body to do what it used to do naturally. And then you're having trouble moving your extremities. And you go to the doctor and you're diagnosed with MS. You have multiple sclerosis and you can't make your healthy body do what it used to do naturally. How do you feel about that? You say, Tom, well... What does any of this 
What is any of this? A, a gift without the right parts, a, a child without the potential, with a, a, a body that won't function. What does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with God? What does that have to do with church? Everything. Absolutely everything. Because today, what we're talking about is this. Superpowers. Superpowers. That uh, you, if you belong to Jesus Christ, have the Holy Spirit of God living inside you. And he, he has given you, and we're going to see gifts, right? Wonderful, supernatural gifts. And if you and if I, and, and if we collectively don't know this and understand this and receive these and, and use them and grow in them, then we are a beautiful present without the parts to make it function. We are a, a child uh, who doesn't realize the miraculous things that they were created to do. We are a body that may appear healthy, but is partially paralyzed. So that's what we're doing. Okay, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn there. We're going we're gonna to go through uh, most of the chapter today together. Uh, if you don't have a Bible and you want to use one, check under the seats in front of you for a brown or burgundy hardback. You want to be on page 1100 in that. 1100, okay? Um, stay with me because we're going to move fast, but, but it's going to be good. And, and we, we're going to press in. Here we go. All right, uh, we got to pray. Lord, um, we need you to bring the truth. We need you to bring the love. We need you to bring the heat. Um, we want to listen. Uh, Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to believe, and, and the courage to trust you to change. Uh, that's what I want for me. That's what I want for your people, um, my friends, Lord. That's what we all want. We want to see you. We want to hear from you. We want to be changed. Um, we trust you in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, we're in 1 Corinthians 12. This is the Apostle Paul writing. Here's the first verse. Now, he writes, concerning spiritual gifts. That's what it is. You might want to circle that. It's on your outlines too. Concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. Why? Because it's so important. It's so important. And many of us are uninformed or partially informed. Hey, no shame in that, okay? That's okay. We're together, and we want to be informed. We want to be fully informed. I say, Jesus, you got a superpower for me. You got a gift for me. I want to know about it. I want to receive it. I want to use it. I want to grow in it, right? I want to start that baby up and take it for a spin, right? That's what we want, right? So that's what we're going to do. So these are our spiritual gifts, and so it's important that we know what they are and what they're not. Here, take a look. Spiritual gifts are not, okay? We're not talking about your talents and your natural abilities, right? Those are good. God gave you those two, but these are different. How are they different? Talents and abilities are what you are able to do. Great, praiseworthy, wonderful stuff, but it's what you can accomplish. Spiritual gifts, get this, this is what God can do through you, right? The first one is limited by your power. The second one is limited only by God's power, 
okay? The miraculous, that's what we're talking about. And they're called spiritual gifts. I, I like to think of them as Holy Spirit gifts because if we just think of them as spiritual, they kind of get ethereal. But if, if we think of them as spirit gifts or Holy Spirit gifts, then it connects us to the giver, right? This is exciting because, my friends, this is the closest that you and I will ever get to having superpowers, it is, and, and, and the more you and I realize this, we're going to see God using these gifts and, and working through us in ways that can only be explained through him. Okay, verse 2, here we go. You know that when you were pagans, that's a, a fancy word for you didn't believe in Jesus, right? You were led astray to mute idols, right? They could not speak, however, you were led Verse 3, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed or um, Jesus is evil or Jesus is not who he said he is. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, what does this mean? It means this, the first, the first spirit gift or spiritual gift the first gift of God to you is the gift of saving faith. The gift of knowing Jesus as personally as your Lord and Savior. That is the first. And none of what we talk about in terms of spirit gifts applies to you until you get this gift of saving faith. But once you get this gift of saving faith, it all applies to you. Okay, so that makes this very, very important. See if this describes you. Has God gifted you with this ability? It's from the book of Acts. That they should, that you should see with your eyes. See what? See Jesus, right? Who he is, his love for you, his sacrifice on the cross for you, his forgiveness of your sins through his shed blood, his resurrection for your new life, your need for him. That's the gospel. If, if he has granted for you to be able to see that with your eyes and hear that with your ears, and here's the key, understand it with your heart, not the organ, the core of your being, right? Has he granted that as a gift to you? Then you have turned or will turn, and God would heal you. Heal you. Of, of what? Heal you of life without him. Right? Of, of not having a living hope that we sang about. Of not having a relationship with God, knowing him, being forgiven. Right? So here's the question. Does that describe you? Has, has God given you that gift of saving faith? You don't have to answer me, but you do have to answer Jesus. Right? If he has given that to you, you need to receive that. Right? You need to receive that. The basic question is, have you received Jesus Christ? And we want to settle that because uh, all of the spiritual gifts is built on the gift of saving faith. So uh, if you're not sure or if you know that he has it right now, we're all just going to pray. We're not going to stare at each other. Uh, we're just going to pray. And if this is you, you make this your prayer. Lord, you have allowed me, thank you, to see Jesus my need for him. You have allowed me to hear your gospel, and you, you have spoken it into my heart. And I understand. I understand. Thank you for that gift. Right now, I receive Jesus 
as my Lord and Savior. Lord, come into my life because it's not my life. It's yours. Lord, forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive me of my sins, taking the punishment that I deserved. And thank you for rising to new life so that I might be raised up to new life too. I turn away from my old life without you. And I turn to you because you say, when I do, you will heal our relationship. You will heal me. Thank you for giving me the gift of saving faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you prayed that, I want to know, not, not so I can out you, but so I can pray for you, so I can support you, so we can give you some, some resources and people around you and all that great. Okay, okay, here's the thing. If you have at this moment or at some moment in the past received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the gift of saving faith, then the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, not only do you have the gift of saving faith, but you have spiritual gifts. So the question is not, do I have a spiritual gift or a spirit gift, but do I know what my primary spiritual gift or my primary spiritual gifts are, right? And am I using it? Am I using them regularly? That's the question we're going to explore. If not, then you and I are a present without all the parts to work. We are a child who is ignoring and rejecting their destiny. We are a person, a body, individually and collectively, that is partially and willingly paralyzed, right? So let's move on. Verse 4. Apostle Paul writes this. Now there are a variety of gifts with the same spirit. Varieties of service, same Lord. Varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in, what's that word? Everyone. You are not the only believer who, who didn't meet the gift train. You got it. You got it. And we don't look the same and we don't act the same, but it all comes from the same God. So don't look, we're not going to look down on one another, right? Verse 7, we're queuing up verse 7. Verse 7 is the key, okay? So if you're looking on your worksheet, if you're looking in your Bible, you might want to circle that, underline. You get verse 7, and you get this, right? Without the key, you ain't getting into this Learjet. Doesn't matter what Slim Jim you got, what friend whose brother owns a towing play, doesn't matter. You ain't getting in. You got the key, though. You can open the door, start this baby up, taxi down the runway, and take to the skies. It looks like one of them, doesn't it? You got it, right? Let's go. Let's go. Here's verse 7. Look. To each is given. The manifestation of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God for the common good. Now, by my vocal inflection, you might know that we're going to chop this up and unpack this in four parts because the key is important. Here we go. Two, whoa, <laughs> I had an itchy trigger finger. Look at that. To each. Which means, if you belong to Jesus, you already have one or more spiritual gifts, one or more superpowers, right? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to use? Don't you want to grow? Yeah. It's given, which means you did not earn it. You must receive it. Do you recognize this? 
Do you recognize this? It's a Jackson. This is a 20 right there. Right there. Um, does anybody need this? No, let's be honest. You need this in your life? Who needs this? Sherry. Sherry. Okay, Sherry. I have offered this to you. Right? Is it yours? No. Why not? I have offered this to you. I have said, Sherry, that is yours. When does it become yours? Well, how do you accept it? What? No, no, it's still mine. It's still on my table. It's still on the table. How do you take that? You got to come up. You got to receive it. Now it's yours. Yes. All right. God bless you, my sister. I praise God we only have two services, you know. <laughs> no. Listen, listen. This may sound, this is a deep spiritual truth, right? At the moment it was offered, she knew it was offered. It became Sherry's when she got up and said, yep, that's mine. Thank you. Not in a proud way, in a grateful way, but so many of us with Jesus Christ or with spiritual gifts, we know it's offered. We understand that. But don't, don't make that same mistake of not coming up and saying, it's mine. I'm taking it. I'm receiving it. Don't, don't, don't let that. So we receive it. It's given to you. Manifestation of the Spirit. Do you know how big that is? That is huge. That means God showing up in your body. That's like a reincarnation of Jesus. This is God himself showing up and showing off in you in real ways. Not for your glory, but for his. And, and that is what he's saying the Spirit gifts do. For what? For the common good. For the common good. Spiritual gifts are given to you, but not primarily for you. They are for others, right? Not for you. No, you can enjoy them. You can benefit from them. But the reason you have them is because other people need this, and you pour into them, right? So for others, for God's glory. Now you have the key, and we got to move. So we got a partial list. Paul gives us a partial lift of these spiritual gifts. There's a, another list in Romans 12. There are spiritual gifts that are mentioned throughout uh, the Old and New Testament. So there's a lot of them. He says, for to one is given the spirit, uh, the utterance of wisdom. Uh, okay, what is the spirit of wisdom? That's God's wisdom, right? This is the person who knows the word of God to the depth that they know how it applies to life and to specific situations. My wife, Cherie, has this gift, right? That may not be her primary. This is a strong gift that she has, right? She will drop lovingly a truth bomb of Scripture that does not seem, on first glance, to fit, except it's perfect, right? Wisdom. That is the gift of wisdom. You need to use this lovingly. You need to use this humbly. You need to apply this to yourself as well. This is primarily for other people, but you need to use it in your own life. I knew a guy. I knew a guy. I'm not talking about anybody in this building. 
who thought he had the gift of wisdom. He always knew what everybody else needed to know from the word of God, but there was no evidence that he was applying this truth and wisdom to his own life. Loses all his power. Okay? Okay. Wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge. This is different. This is different than wisdom. Knowledge is you knowing what you should not be able to know. Right? Maybe you're praying for somebody, and you know what to pray for, although they haven't told you. Or you're speaking to somebody, and you know what they need to hear. Right? That is a spiritual superpower gift. Right? I have a friend named Terry who uh, has this gift in abundance. Like, uh, so uh, three plus years ago, I'm having brain surgery in Denver. And uh, that morning, I'm, 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 I'm going uh, in for surgery. And Quincy, who had driven from Gunnison the night before, who was so filled with faith that night, driving up and singing praise and standing on the promises, that morning feels like God is absent. Just, it's just a, a 180. And she is walking through the hospital in her mind saying, God isn't here. God is not here. So Terry drives up from uh, Colorado Springs, sits with Quincy, says, come here, sweetie. We're going to pray for your dad. Um, but before we do, God wants you to know, uh, he just said, uh, he's right here. I don't know if that means anything to you. Right? Gift of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. What does this mean? This is special faith. This is rock-solid, special circumstance. In this circumstance, this person has faith that, that cannot be shaken, right? And, and it may be at a time when the people in your life are falling apart and, and need to be held up, need to be prayed for. You need to hold them. You need to, you need to have enough faith, and you do, okay? God grants people a supernatural amount of faith by the same spirit to another. Gifts of healing, gifts of healing. You may have this gift that you intercede for somebody. You pray over somebody. You pray for them. You lay hands on them. They are healed. Would you be freaked out if God has given you that, but you don't know because you never asked? God's word says some of us that he chooses have this gift. You may have it. You got to know because sometimes we don't know, right? My primary gift is not teaching or preaching. It is not. Like you say, I have heard you. I'm hearing you. I find that very easy to believe. Say, well, thank you. No, but... It helps me to know my primary spiritual gift is shepherding. Is shepherding. It's loving people closer to Christ. When I know that, I can operate in that. Not to ignore other things, but you may not know. You may not know. Okay, gifts of healing, one spirit. Another, the working of miracles. That means what it says. That God has chosen some people to suspend the natural order of things through their prayers and their intercession. That things should or shouldn't happen naturally. And they won't through you. Okay? To another prophecy. That is, that is close to wisdom. It's a little bit different. That is applying the truth of God to the circumstances at hand or a person at hand that is sometimes done in the context of 
teaching, preaching. Oftentimes not, right? It can be done in relationships. So we move on. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Um, where are we? Yeah. For one, it's given the spirit of utterance to wisdom. Good. To another, the ability to distinguish between the spirits. Okay, everybody, everybody who has the Holy Spirit has a degree of this. This is called discernment. But this spiritual gift, some people have the ability, God has given them the ability, whether they know it or not, to see in the spirit realm. What this means is you can see something, you can read something, you can hear someone and say, this is of God. This is of the Holy Spirit. This has spiritual power, but this is not of God. It may look like it's of God, and you be very careful, right? You be very careful about that, but you have this, the gift of being able to see and discern in the Spirit, and that is very helpful and very needed. There is more spiritual activity in, in our day than you would imagine. You who have this gift, you know this. And you can see. And you can see. You can see the battle. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, another tongues, various kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who appoints to each one individually as he wills. This is not a shopping mall where you get to say, I want this one, and I'll take this. I'll have two in this color. Yes. No. Um, God decides who gets what, but you get, right? You get what he is. Now, that is not to say that you can't ask him. You can't ask him. Say, Lord, I, I, I just want to ask you, if it be your will that I would receive the gift of wisdom or, or prophecy or healing or something, right? But you got to know, you got to know, you won't get a different or another spiritual gift if you're not a good steward of the ones you've already got, right? This is true throughout the Word of God. Good stewards know, use, and grow in the spiritual gifts they already have. And they don't use them to benefit themselves primarily, but to humbly love and serve others and glorify God. Okay? We're going to move on. For just as the body, Paul writes, starting in verse 12, we talk about the body, right? Just as the body is, has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, doesn't matter, right? We're all made to drink of the same spirit. There we go. For the body does consist of many members, right? The body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, right? Maybe you're a foot. Maybe you're a foot. You don't, you, you don't resent being a foot. You ever seen people without feet? They don't walk really well. They don't run really well. You know, when we got prosthetics, yes, yes. But you serve a purpose. You serve a purpose, Say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body? No. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. Don't look down on yourself for whatever gift you have or discover you have compared to somebody else's. 
right? We need each other. We need your spiritual gifts. I don't want you to misidentify your spiritual gifts, right? There are things that are not spiritual gifts. Sarcasm is not a spiritual gift. Belching the alphabet, not a spiritual gift. The ability to know what is the fastest checkout line at City Market, not a spiritual gift. You can't even do that at Safeway because there's only one checker working. And don't look down on your spiritual gift. Don't compare it to others, right? So we move on. Don't say because I, I'm not this, I'm not part of the body. doesn't make it any less a part of the body. Don't disqualify. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. There it is again. Here, I want you to see really quickly, and then we're going to land this plane. I want you to see the unity of the body and the diversity of its people in Christ. The diversity of the gifts, the unity in the spirit. Why is this important? Because the culture will try with this and with everything else to duplicate the things of God without God. Okay, 2,000 plus years ago, Paul is writing about diversity and unity inclusivity. Sound, sound fresh? Sound modern? It doesn't work apart from Jesus Christ who holds all things together in himself. That is the only true unity. And, and we, we will try in the culture to take the things of God and the truths of God and make them work apart from God. And if you wonder if it's working, leave the house. Buy a newspaper. It's a, it's a, it's a printed thing that, yeah. Uh, go online. Watch the news. I'm not getting political. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Old truths repackaged minus God. It doesn't work. Okay. Skip down to verse 25. That there may be no division, there's the unity, but that the members may have the same care for one another. We're, we've talked about that. We're going to get into that. Two weeks from now, we're going to do the one another message. Whoa. Oh, I can't hardly wait. It's, it's all I can do not to unpack it right now. Okay, same care for one another. One member suffers, we all suffer, right? We're all going down. But we're not going down because God is going to raise us up together, right? Right? One member is honored, all rejoice together. That's how it works. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. If you and I can get that verse, that's it. That's it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating. There's more gifts, various kinds of tongues, right? But do all work miracles? Are all apostles, all prophets, teachers? No. Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And then he says, I will show you a more excellent way. Whew. There you go, chapter 12. What is, what is the more excellent way? You know, Corinthians 13? That's a love chapter, right? They read that at your, at your, at your wedding, didn't they? Yeah, I think it's a law. You have to read that at every wedding, right? I think that happens. What is it saying? It's saying that it's all about love. It's all about love. 
spiritual gifts. You're walking in the Spirit, empowering by the Spirit. It's all about love. Loving God, having God who loves you so. Loving Him in return by recognizing His gifts. By receiving them, by using them, by growing in them. By loving others with your gifts to love them to Him. It is all about love. In fact, Paul is going to go on and use this to leverage his teaching on love and say, if you have all of these gifts and even the ones that I can't even think of, if you got them all, right, and you don't have love, you got zip, nothing. But you have the humblest gift. You have the one humblest gift and you have love, the love of God and the love of other people. God turns the world upside down with people like that. My friend, you are people like that. It's time that we said, God, I, I, here, here I, we, we want to know. So, so here's what we're going to do. I hope you got a, a uh, we don't want to just focus on the gift. Focus on the love of God who gave you the gift. Loving, yeah, that's pretty much what I said. Okay, there you go. Uh, this is on your worksheets. This is a, a website, giftstest.com. It is uh, through the Rock Church in, in San Diego, really solid church. Um, if you go on um, our website, we have embedded this in the bottom, right? Go to gunnisonbethany.com. Go to the bottom of the homepage. It'll say, take your spiritual gifts test here. Just click on that, right? We're not looking to uh, be not, conf you know, uh, it's confidential, it's free, right? Take it. It doesn't take very long. And, and after you get the results, right, you go to the other side of that website. It's easy to see. And you can read about your primary gifts, your strong gifts. It has scriptures attached to each one. Click on them. Read them. This is important, right, so that you can know how God has gifted you, right, and wants to use you. So a really, rather than hand these out or walk through it during the message, I trust that you guys are going to do this. Um, you can either go to gifttest.com or go to gunnisonbethany.com. Uh, that's our homepage right down at the bottom. Same link. Gets you to the same place. Here's what we want. Here's the goal. I want to know my gifts. I want to receive my gifts. I which. Get up and claim it, right? I want to use my gifts, right? This is not zero to 60 in two point. It's a dimmer switch, right? You're going to grow in your gift, but you're going to start. And, and, and then this church and this person and this family and this community and this university are not going to be a very cool present that doesn't have all the parts and so it can't work. It is not going to be a gifted child who is wasting their potential in their future. It is not going to be a body that is willingly, in this case, partially paralyzed. It's going to be the kingdom of God breaking out in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your addictions, in your everything in your workplace, on your team, at the university, on your block, Gunnison becomes the city on the hill because of the God who loves it and the people he has gifted. 
It's a small village in France who uh, is very, very spiritual, and they had a, a marble statue of Jesus with his arms outstretched. During World War II, bombs dropped and decimated a large portion of the village, shattered the sculpture into many pieces. And when the, when the troops had moved through and the danger was gone, the people came out of hiding. And they were, they were shattered to see that their sculpture was shattered. And they said, we have to put it together. And they collected the pieces and they began to reassemble. And, and, and if possible, with the scars and the, and the cracks, it became more beautiful. But as they neared completion, somehow the marble that formed the hands of Jesus was not able to be found. And a group of them said, a savior without hands is not, is not complete. We need a new statue. But then somebody said, no. And they put a plaque up and said, I have no hands but your hands. And your family will have the hands of God and the heart of God and the voice of God and the peace of God. Because you know the gift of God, which dwells within you. And you're understanding it and receiving it and beginning to use it and growing in it together. And you find yourself closer and closer to the people of God and closer to closer to God himself as you see him show up and show off in ways that you thought were reserved for the pages of Scripture. Let him write that chapter in you. Let's pray. Lord, um, you are so good. You are so good to give us your word. You are so good to uh, give us the gift of saving faith, to give us the gift of your Holy Spirit, to give us spiritual gifts. Lord, this is so big. We as individuals, we as a church, we ask you to, to help us stop fighting you. Lord, we want to know, we want to receive, we want to use, and we want to grow. Lord, help us take intentional, trusting steps to do that. Once we do, Lord, I know that the filling of your spirit the working, it will be so strong, none of us will ever want to go back. Lord, make us willing. Change us. Fill us. Use us. Thank you. In Jesus' beautiful name.